Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Fermented Faith, a podcast where we talk about the impact that the gospel has on the everyday things of life. I am Neil Clayton. I'm with Jordan Bird and Anthony Harris. And today we are speaking about anger, more specifically being angry with God. And what does that do to our faith? And how can we maybe utilize it to grow closer to the Father? Mm. Yeah, so this was a request. Somebody wrote in, which we appreciate. We love uh, love engagement. So somebody wrote in and asked us to talk about this. So the question was, uh, how do we handle being angry at God? What does the Bible say about it? <clears throat> and uh, I think just to make it a little more personal, they said, you know, that a lot of times you see people getting angry at God because of something that has happened to them. Um, and that's something that this person had experienced himself. So what, what does the Bible say about it? So before we get into that, maybe we should just define it because I think anger, some people, based on experiences, we even had this conversation earlier, like, what do you mean by being angry? Because right. it yeah. can play out differently. Yeah, so exactly, let's just exactly. maybe define it. So our go-to definition that we're going to go ahead and take what the word anger is, is a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. All right. So are, are the three of us pretty in agreement with that right now? So that's my standard mood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. This is the happiest angry man I know. <laughs> so, but I think it's important. If you still have that pulled up, let's read that one more time. All right. I'll read it one more time for you. Ready? A strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. Okay. Okay. Why are you mad, bro? You mad? Am I mad? Yeah. Oh, bro. <laughs> bro. You, you mad, bro? I'm not mad, bro. I'm pretty good. I mean, hey, I, I was one of the people. So, like, when I hear the word anger, and I, I was the guy at the beginning of this that was saying, like, hey, anger to me is disconnect, separation, balled up fists. You've got to like put an end to what's happening when you're angry. Like if you see two friends or two kids, even you got to like separate them before they go Tasmanian devil on each other. So anger to me, I think big red letters, I think separation, I think pulling away from to prevent a fight or whatever it is. So my idea of being angry with God, when I hear that is are you pulling away from him because you don't like something? And then as we talk a little bit more today, you know, I'm a big person who always says, I've, I, I will not always like you, Neil. I'm just going to tell you. Okay. I will not always like you, but I'm always going to love you. Well, oh, he said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Feelings not quite mutual we just yet. Weird. Oh, oh, wow. I just got shot down hard, but. Um, my, my thing is, is like to be angry with God is just one of those, were you really angry or are you frustrated? Mm. And it led into anger and mm. how that all plays out. But that, that again, this is just me looking into what we're talking about. I want to get both of your guys' input ideas on how you're hearing the question. Well, you're kind of you saying that's your reaction when you heard the, the, the when you yeah. think, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think maybe the next place we go is what, what does the Bible say about anger in general? Yes. And then we'll get to God. So yeah. is is it always wrong to be angry, Neil? No. no are you asking Neil or are you saying biblically? <laughs> is it, say that one more time. Ask that question one more Is time. anger always wrong in general? No, it's not. <clears throat> yeah. Why not? Because I think there is such a thing as righteous anger. Oh, okay. I think there's, um, I think there's, I think there's some things in, in our lives, our hearts know 
it makes you pound the table, and I'm not going to pound the table because of all the audio equipment, but it makes you pound the table, and, and inside of you, there's something inside of you that says, that is not right. Sure. Um, like Ephesians says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. And um, I think... Um, there's there's a part of our lives where anger is a natural outflow of of um, wanting justice in this world. Yeah, and I think it's just important that one. I think it goes back to what we were talking about a couple episodes ago about how um, we make sure that we um, control anger and anger not control us. Mm. Yeah, and so. Um, I'm rambling, but no, I, that's good. Uh, no, I, I think that's very good because it literally says in your anger don't sin, so it doesn't say the anger is the sin. Right, right. I think yeah, there's other uh, be angry but do not sin. I think is, a, is another you know translation another verse. So yeah, I, I think anger itself is not fundamentally wrong or right. It depends on what it's directed at. Right, right. Um, so like it's okay that Jordan's angry at North Carolina losing to Duke in the last <laughs> two seconds. Got to bring that up. <laughs> Got to bring it up. That was an awful game. I'm just saying, there's a lot of people in the world that were really angry for that moment in time. Well, yeah, I won't get into that. I will display my anger, but um, yeah, okay. So, all right, you can be angry, but you're not in sin. But now, when we roll that to God. That, that sort of brings in a different different element, potentially. So w- when we start to think about, okay, what, what does it look like to be angry at God? Um, is that okay? Um, I think is, is, is perhaps a question. And, and I think we're, we're going to need to hang with us here because I think that the answer to that question can seem a bit, mm, you know, dismissive in mm-hmm. some ways because, in fact, I looked up, you know, a couple different, you know, pastors, theologians answering that question, and there's a couple of them are pretty blunt, like, nope, repent. It's never right to be angry at God. And, and while I think that's, okay, so I think that's true. It's never right or correct or perhaps a better word is, is justified to mm-hmm. be angry at God. So while I think that is true because God is, is ultimately good and um, he all that he does is good. Now, again, I understand those are hard things to reconcile with life, and hopefully we're going to try to flesh that out a little bit more. But I, I would follow that up quickly by saying, and, and actually John Piper said that, um, that it's never right to be angry at God. But if you are, it's, it's also never right to not tell him mm. if you are angry at him. And so that's sort of the, the helpful, I think, distinction of, of we dealing with these theological truths about God's righteousness, his holiness, his perfect nature, his perfect plans. And at the same time, he's a good father, right? And mm-hmm. so he doesn't want us to run away from him in our anger. He doesn't want bitterness to set in and the relationship to be severed. And so he invites us in to, um, to engage that. So I, I'll use this example, then we'll kind of get into some real life because you guys both shared you know, a couple of, of real life you know, examples that that you struggle with, and so we'll try to flesh this out. Yeah. So I'll try to set up the what I think is the theological parameters a bit. So my kids, um, I'm their dad. I love them a lot. I think they know that. 
but they get mad at me sometimes because I tell them, usually because I tell them no for something, right? And that could be something as small as like wanting another cookie when they haven't had anything substantial to eat. And I know that that's bad for them, but they don't understand it. They just get mad. All they know is I said no, so they get mad. It could be more than that. It could be, um, you know, a, a different request of why can't I hang out with this person or why can't I spend the night at this person's house or whatever and their other, friend, you know, so whatever. And I've had my kids get mad at me and even say that they, you know, that they've even, I've got one old enough that it's slipped that they, they hate me, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, in that moment of being really angry. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? It's not that I want that, but like that doesn't, as a dad, I, I don't want them to go deal with that and then come back to me when they're not angry. I want to lean into them in that moment, right? I want them to come to me. I want to keep talking about it. I want to, I want to relationally stay near, even though they may still be emotionally upset. I want to relationally stay near to them and, and engage with them and let them express that. And so I think that, you know, those things are both true. Well, well we ne- we, you know, we're going to experience those feelings because things are going to happen. They're going to be hard for us to deal with. And, and it's likely that there's going to be times where we direct that anger at God. But, and so that isn't justified or right to lay that blame there. However, when we are exp- experiencing that, it's not, you know, God doesn't want us to go away until we figure that out. He wants us to come near and and, and draw near and be close. So anyway, I think that's that's sort of the, the, the framework I would put in there. But now let's get into real life. Like how does that actually play out? In real life, there's a couple of biblical examples, right? Where Job, uh, in particular, is probably the most classic. But Jonah was also angry. This is a little, this is a little easier to condemn, though, because angry he was angry at God's mercy, right? So yeah. that was a little. But Job, man, God allowed Satan to kill his family, like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like that. That one's, you, you know, that's that's a whole other level of like. I think we would all be struggling to yeah. shake our fist at God there and. I think you read some of the Psalms, and, you know, mm-hmm. there's some times when David is, is if not frustrated, he's, you yeah. know, definitely questioning God. And Where I, are you? Yeah. Yeah. I think about what you're, you know, you're bringing up that parenting, father, child relationship um, metaphor. I am, um, I, I heard a message maybe 15, 20 years ago. And um, the speaker was was using that metaphor about how, um, you know, when when you go to the father, um, you always want to train your brain and, and your heart to always be submissive to, to the Lord Jesus Christ. So anything that God says, you, you, you want to say, yes, God. But at the same time, God wants to be in relationship with you in both the good times and bad times. So he wants you to be able to come to him and say, yes, God, but why? Mm-hmm. Yes, God, but why are you allowing this to happen in my life? Yes, God, but why am, am, are you withholding this from, from me? Why, why can't I have this? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that it paints a beautiful picture of what God wants for us, he wants to be in relationship with us, but he knows. I think he knows and realizes that when we're in this world, going through this life, it's messy, and we're we're fallen people, um, and there's going to be times in our lives where um, it's wrong to be angry, but it's going to be pretty normal for mm-hmm. us to be angry. Sure. 
yeah, I mean, there's times whenever I make those decisions for my kids that I know they're going to be angry at me, but it's still best for them, and I still have to make that decision, mm-hmm. right? But I know they're going to be angry, and, I, and so it's important to remember, I think God has, shares the same posture of like, He knows when He allows those things to happen that it's going to be hard and we're going to be angry, but He's, for some reason, and we may not always, like, likely we won't often understand His reason. But to trust that he that he's still good is really the the, the place where I think we we got to get to. But again, in those moments, yeah, and and, and sometimes it sometimes God's going to share our anger. You know, mm-hmm. when we're angry at sin, when we're angry at the result, like things that are going wrong in the world, he's gonna he hates death, he hates sin, he hates abuse. You know, yeah. and so he's going to share our anger in those moments. So, kind of what I'm hearing. You, so, are you guys in agreement and kind of saying that like being angry at God is sometimes more or less the inability or unwillingness of trust of what's going on with you in your relation with God? Like, is that, see what I'm saying? Kind of the conflict came up, something happened, it made you angry, but is it because you're not in trusting that God knows what's to come, that how to come through this situation? So like in my head, I'm kind of hearing, it's kind of, like I said, the inability to trust or willingness to trust in God. So you immediately build up a defense and a wall that something happened, so you're going to challenge it? I think I think there's a, a layer to that. I mean, Martin Luther talked about just the Ten Commandments in general and how if we're breaking any of the, the last eight, it's because we're actually functionally breaking the first one. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. that, that behind any sin, there's actually unbelief there. And, and we're, we're failing to believe something about God, which is leading us to... We're either failing to believe that he's not what he's given us is not good enough, so we're going to steal, or we're failing to believe that, you know what I mean, fill in the mm-hmm. blank. That, um, so I think there's a level to that. You're over there. I see the wheels turning, Neil. Ask the question one more time. So, kind of what I was putting out was, and I mean, I, I, as we talk, sometimes I pull up random articles, a lot of John Piper, a lot of you know Tim Keller, that kind of stuff. So, one of the things I found is is it in layman's terms in my words it says god is the result to be angry at god is sometimes the result of an inability the inability or unwillingness to trust god even when we do not understand what he is doing so Hmm. that's why i was saying like is that kind of an easy way to say why we may be angry just because we're not understanding of the situation we're not putting our faith directly into him we're trying to call our own shots oh definitely i mean that's that's me in a nutshell. I'm a control freak, probably. Mm. Um, an introvert control freak, so that I can hide very easily my my uh, desire for manipulation. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, I think all my anger that I've ever had towards God can be boiled down to not getting my own way. Okay. Um and you know, once again, I mean, I don't think it's coming from a um, um, a criminal mind, you know, that type of thing. But it's you know, you know, growing up, I had this image in my mind of what life was going to unfold to be like, and when that image started not to happen, mm-hmm. I started to ask, why, why not, God? I, you know, for all intents and purposes, I think I've done pretty well in following you and and trying to be a, a quote-unquote good person. Right. So why don't you award me, reward me with 
with this thought in my mind. I mean, I'm not asking for a million bucks, but I'm asking, you know, for A, B, and C. Why not? And when that started not to happen, I started getting angry. So you, you get real. And you don't like me when I'm no, angry. I was going to say, you won't like Neil when he's angry. <laughs> will, you, uh, will, you, will you get real for, for, yeah. for everybody? I mean, so... I mean, I'm I'm wondering. You, so you, you, we talked about in an earlier podcast that you you underwent, you've been through cancer. Yeah, and you still have some lingering effects from that that, that cause you daily issues and struggles that yeah are frustrating. I'm sure. Is that what you're referring to, or is it is it more? Believe it or not, no. Okay. I mean, there's, a, I I you know, I think for me, suffering always has brought me closer to the Father. Okay. And so cancer was a very faith-emboldening uh, um, uh, experience. Um, and so I, I never did have a crisis of faith with all my health complications. What really got me hung up was in my mind, you know, growing up, I, I had everything routed out, I mean, planned out. I was in graduate college from, at 23, and was going to be married by the time I was 25 and have a couple little needles running around by the time I was 30. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and then, you know, sure. I'll be on my way to developing this spiritual legacy and, and having kids and having a beautiful wife and having sex with her three times a week. And, you know, it just, you know, I sure. had this all planned out. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, but, you know, I'm single. I'm 42. Mm. That has not happened. Yeah. And so be real with me for a minute, Neil. Are yeah. you saying you're angry because those things haven't happened? So Yeah. And, and you were saying you were angry, so... Break that down for me a little more. So you were angry with God because those things haven't happened in your life that you thought were going to happen, and you had tried to plan out as best your abilities to make happen. Yes. So in your anger, because, I mean, man, I know Jordan speaks highly of you. I look at you as a mentor. We, I mean, this podcast is going on. Like, people look at you in our church as the man who kind of has it together and knows everything. So w- what was your anger with God? Like, That's did how you we refer to you. <laughs> the man that has it all together. <laughs> but, um... Neil the Great, but um, like, what was that angry moment? Like that was it a period of time? Was it a like? What do you mean you were angry with God? Like, what was that? How'd that play out? Uh, for a while there, it was a, a, a I call it my prodigal years. I mean, oh. from like 2008 to 2012. So this is after you'd been a youth pastor for yeah, a few years. So yeah, you're, you're not just yeah, you're you're the pastor. You're supposed to have it all figured out, man. Right. <laughs> So you actually what you yeah so anyway I just I, I think that's helpful for people to see is this is not like something you went through as a teenager no. or informative years this was this no. was sort of a yeah I sold my wild oats when I was in my thirties okay yeah you know, that type of thing yeah yeah no I am um, yeah I was you know from two thousand eight to two thousand twelve I was you know in my early thirties and I once again I, I felt like I was li- I mean I felt like I was owed. Mm. Mm. I was I was owed this, um, and so when it didn't happen, I think frust- it was frustrating at first, and then the frustration turned into just you know fist clenched, shaking my you know hand at the heavens, and and asking why, and not hearing any type of response, I walked away. Mm. 
I walked away from community, and I and I I walked away with from God for a while. So you completely, when you're saying your moment in your life that you were angry most and at the the point, the hilltop, you literally removed yourself from the faith. At least from the church, right? At least from the okay, church. yeah, from the church. I, I said that, you know, for a while. I the best the best way I explained is that um, I'm giving God the silent treatment. Mm. Okay. We're not talking right now. Okay. Gotcha. Man, that's so it, it was a very quiet season for a while. Thanks I think for sharing that, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Thank you for I think that's helpful because it, it gets to the rawness of of everyday life right that's our whole exactly. podcast and it's interesting that you say yeah cancer didn't really put me there but but it was these things and I think that's that's where we even in our other relationships like if we start to reflect on when we get mad when actual mm-hmm. anger kind of the kind of anger we have to repent for later when that happens we, there, there's usually a nerve that's been touched there that's deep that's deep and it, it mm-hmm. often is about identity or control or whatever you whatever you consider most important when that when that starts getting messed with that, that's when the sort of the the raw emotion comes out mm-hmm. and so I appreciate you sharing that because it's interesting that it wasn't the cancer it was more the, the other parts of life and yeah Com- yeah completely I'm I'm at all right now in yeah. my head when I think of a way to get angry with crisis you know all you I'm sick what have I done to be sick like why me? And here it is this whole time, what I would have pegged for your thing to hold so much hostility and anger with God would have been that, and I'm seeing a whole other side. So that's awesome, man. But everyone, let's also remember Neil is talking with God. He's walking with God. He's here in our church walking with us. I don't want anyone to think that this is a... Hey, Neil's in a bad place. Well, maybe sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anyone to think like, oh no, like Neil's gonna get showered with hugs on uh, Sunday. Well, maybe share your, your way back. Yeah, if you yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so you were angry. You were fr- you you said you were frustrated and it led into anger. It led to the kind of the silent, silent treatment. treatment. How'd yeah. you get back? Well, let me let me put that on hold for just a moment. So uh, I was kind of having a similar conversation with a buddy of mine the other day at breakfast, and he asked me, "So, how did you resolve that?" And I said, well, I think I'm still resolving. I'm still working on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, no, but, you know, so after about four years of giving God the silent treatment and just trying to, trying to, trying to accomplish the dream on my own. Mm-hmm. And my, on, you know, do, take things in your own hands. Yeah, take things in my own hands, you know, pulling Abraham, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Um, I, I don't know what it was in particular. I don't know if there was a particular incident, but um, I remember sitting at the house. I'd, I'd be going to work, come home, drink, eat, sleep, and re- rinse and repeat. Mm. I mean, it was drowned all day after day after day. Um, and I, I, think I just came to my senses and said, this is not working. Mm. This is not working. Um, and you know, I had a lot of I had a lot of friends at the bar, but it wasn't meaningful friendships. So it was um, a loss of community. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I remember I you know I remember the journey posting something on Facebook 
saying, hey, we're going to be starting this church mm-hmm. as a pavilion. Uh, in, it was October? Yep. October of 2012. And I, and even before that, I, I started trying to go back to a church here in Southern Illinois. I tried two or three, and they were good churches, but nothing really clicked. Um, and then I, I remember seeing that Facebook post, and I thought to myself, I said this to God. I'm, I remember this was one of the first times I ever like acknowledged God. I was like, all right, God, I'm going to give this one more chance. Really? One more chance. Um, so I went to a, a, that, that first service, and I've been here ever since. Mm. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, um, I, you know, I mentioned this to um, when I did my membership deal with Rusty. I remember saying that um, I came to a point where I, I envisioned, you know, I told Rusty, I let go of God years ago, but not once did God let go of me. Beautiful. Preach. That is beautiful, man. Um, and um, it's been true every day of my life. I, I can look back, and I can see where I've, I've, I've tried to let go of God, but he is a stubborn father. Amen, though, right? Amen. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think about the, you know, I think about the the story of the parable of the loving father, the the son that goes off to a far and distant land, and on his way back, he's rehearsing that story, that, that explanation that, you know, take me back, father. You can just treat me like one of the servants, and the father is out on the front porch, always looking for the son to come back, mm-hmm. and he sees the son on you know coming back and he doesn't wait for the son to come to the front porch but the father runs out and embraces the son and the son doesn't even get a chance to voice his his prepared speech um and then i you you see and i was i was never that prodigal son i was always that elder son yeah and the elder son was having his own anger issues yeah um, because it's pretty relatable to you. Like, yeah, why, yeah, yeah. I've been here the whole time. Why am I not getting? Yeah. My, what I? Why am I not getting the, the celebrated? And so party? he's on the back porch. Mm-hmm. Everyone's in the house having the party, and the father comes out to the back porch and says, "Your son, your your brother is back. My son that was once dead is now alive. Why are you out here on the back porch? Back porch, and." And so the father is, 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 is doing to both sons, trying to reconcile the anger that was rooted deep in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the father to us. He's relentless. Yeah. Well, that's so good. I mean, that's such a, I mean, first of all, for anybody that that story is resonating with, the Prodigal God by Tim Keller is just a beautiful oh, unpacking is. of that. Yes. It's one of my favorite books, and it's a pretty small book and easy to read. But but I think it, even more, I mean, and that shows, you know, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, that the, the younger son had to become poor in spirit, meaning he had to realize that he had nothing. And, and walking away from God didn't lead to 
Satan is always from the garden and always on the, the promise of sin is always big mm-hmm. and, it, and it either under, under delivers or doesn't deliver at all. And so walking away from the Lord, trying to do life around way never pans out. And he had to realize he had nothing. And that's when he was able to come back. Whereas the older brother felt like he had something to offer God and he wasn't getting, he was entitled. And, and so that was leading to his anger of like, why isn't this happening? So, which I think points us a little bit back to, Something I said earlier, perhaps, you know, glossed over too quickly, you know, to get us started talking about, like, it's it's never right or justified to be angry at God. And, and here's, and, and meaning deeper, if you, you want to pause and look at it, is because honestly, if we're being honest, honestly, to be honest, anyway, <laughs> you can edit that out. Um, but the God has a million reasons to be angry at us. Oh. Right? Oh, like, he is justified. Hmm. Because we have rebelled against him, we have sinned, um, and so he has every right to be angry at us. Um, and yet he shows us grace and mercy, and he is. And it doesn't mean his his anger is just forgotten. It had to be poured out on Jesus, and that's you know that there's a lot of theological things to unpack there. But but in short, it's important to remember that like that God doesn't owe us anything. Mm-hmm. We start to feel that way, mm-hmm. but he actually doesn't owe us anything. And so, and then the world is broken. The world's not perfect. And God's not happy about that, right? So the the things the, the, that we see that we grieve, he's not okay with either. And and it's not that he sits back and, you know, doesn't do anything about it. In fact, this is what makes, I think, Christianity such a, a, a different, you know, offering to the world than a lot of other religions because our God doesn't just, like, he did something about it. He stepped in. And, and gave his own life. The cross is the symbol of, yes, I care about the brokenness to the point that I'm willing to do something about it in giving my own life. But, you know, further than that, so that that's the tension of, so he's not going to like, he doesn't like a lot of things that happen, but he has a bigger picture in mind. He has his own glory in mind. And so he's going to do things for his glory and ultimately for our good that we're not going to understand in the moment because we don't see the full picture but it's those sorts of things of why this is not how I thought it was going to go that often lead us to the point of, of anger. And so I think knowing that about God and then, and then so we're never right. It's never justified to be angry at God, but like he can handle us expressing it. In fact, he wants us to express it. Yeah, right? exactly. And so that's, that's one thing I want everyone to hear. It, is it right to be angry with God? No, it's not. Are you going to be angry with God? Yeah. How you go about it once you're angry with God is where it starts to really sink in, matter, and count. Yeah, because while you're actually in sin, technically, to be angry at God because he's good and right. and At the same time, if you choose to pull away from him and not express it to him, you're doubling that offense. You're actually moving (laughs) into hypocrisy and lack of confession. And so so he would want you to do that. And while I don't think these are necessarily always expressions of anger— they're certainly expressions of, ang- of of emotion, and so we have a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations, mm-hmm. right? Where they, they're lament; those are laments, a crying out of what is going on in the world personally and corporately, globally, and and plenty of Psalms, or as you said earlier, David crying out, why? And so the the Lord can handle, and He wants mm-hmm. us to like you know, I can handle my kid being mad at me because I I still love her, and I, you know, I love them, and I want to you know. So anyway, so I think that's important to say. Is that he wants us to? He wants us to move in. He wants us to uh, move closer to him, and and just like I would with my kid, I don't want them to run away. Well, just deal with it. No, I want them to move close. And so, um, 
hopefully we're getting a little bit to the heart of, this, of the question. Maybe let's let's double down a little bit more. So we're in we're in. Assume we're talking to some people that are feeling things like that, and and maybe it's a bit more acute and direct. You know, maybe there's been abuse or um, loss. A lot of times that you know is what's going to happen. We're going to we're going to have loss in our life, and and it's hard not to be God at or be mad at God for taking this person or for allowing this to happen, right? So how in those moments how do we how do we move toward it our father instead of instead of running away what are some practical things that, that that we can you know encourage people to do and maybe it's helpful to just look at it relationally like if you're actually angry at, at someone how do you hang you know if you want that relationship to be restored and not pulled away the bible says don't let the sun go down on on your anger right mm-hmm. why because what happens when you don't? You begin to fester, and it starts to boil over. You start to hold more against, I guess you could yeah. say. So, it starts yeah. to grow. I think C.S. Lewis yeah. said if you don't deal, talking about a broader thing, if you don't deal with your demons, then they go to the basement of your soul and lift weights. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Which is a really, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um. No, yeah, so that that's really big. And I've always been a big person, like, not only if you're a person that's, like, right now dealing with something with anger with Christ or God or however you want to, however, whatever verbiage you want to use, it, get ahead of it. Be in front of it. Be intentional about it. Pray about it. Be in your community about it. Like, the more you hold in, like we just said, like you, it was perfectly said, it is going to fester. It's going to get bigger. It's going to overwhelm you to a point that, wants you to remove yourself from faith almost it wants you to t- give god the silent treatment like neil said it best to me i feel like you don't deal with this now it's yep. gonna overcome you yep um i mean loss is one of those everybody experience loss i mean i don't know a single person in this world that is not but i feel like We've got to make this a thing in modern day Christianity. Like we need to be able to to handle these things together. Yeah. If you're hurting, if you can't accept the fact that you know this loved one was mine and it was taken from me too soon, then you need to be able to get ahead of them. So you need to be able to pray, and you, you know your Bible. The community groups are huge, right? Yeah. That's what they're for. Sure. Share yeah. these things. Talk such about such a shame you hear about people that have, have continued to attend but never brought it up. It's, it's like, yeah. oh, like you're missing. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you're you're not a weak person. Like I don't want that image to be like, oh, I've been angry with God because this is going on in my life. Why haven't you talked to one of us about it? Yeah. Why haven't you shared this with us? Are you praying about it? Are you? What are we doing? Yeah. Do you truly understand what this is that you have right now with God? Is it a misunderstanding that's going on in life? Was it the frustration that built up to the point of anger? So, I mean, I, I can't say more than that. We've got to be diligent about it. We've got to be aware of it, and we've got to be ahead of it. We've got to be community. Well, even to th- take it and be super practical, you think about when you have relational conflict and you get angry, what do you do? You start having this inner dialogue, right? You exactly, have this, yeah. and, and you're having a fight with them in your mind, uh, stuff they didn't even say, right? It's but not you, happening. <laughs> it's always worse in my mind, too. Yeah. I'm like, we're like, Breaking out in fist fights and everything, and so. And then when you actually talk to them, what happens usually? Oh, it's all downplayed. Usually, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it's important to just engage instead of if we stay in that inner dialogue and, and whatever with anybody, then then we oftentimes build it up into this thing. And when we engage it, it usually, you know, it may take more time than others, and it may not always be first meeting, but it leads to 
to some healing. But yeah, I think so. I think prayer, j- journaling, I think helps me right to put it on paper uh, to express my thoughts. It helps me sort of get it from bouncing around in my mind and and just sort of puts it there. And then it also is really helpful for me in the moment, but also as I look back. Like occasionally, I've got a you know a few journals down there in the corner of my shelf and just pick them up and flip through. I'm like, oh yeah, I was experiencing that in that moment, and it's good to see God's faithfulness, you know, replayed. I think I'm a huge believer in like body language and posture. Like you know, if you're angry, I used the the, the phrase earlier, a clenched fist, mm. and you know, people who fold their arms, you know, they're they're you know, they're holding in, they're holding, holding something in. in. Yeah. Yes. So um, a great. Spiritual uh, practice that I've used before kind of ties in prayer and like meditation and posture. Is that if you if you Google Google and just type in palms down, palms up, um, it'll bring up a, like a spiritual practice where you begin the prayer um, palms up. I believe no. Yeah, just just do palms down, palms okay. down. Okay, <laughs> Neil doesn't want to tell you the yeah, wrong way. <laughs> yeah, but it talks about you know just um, giving up, you know what you've been holding on to, opening up your your hands, mm. and and looking at your hands, and just giving them up to the, the Father, and it's so it's a it's a physical, you're you're actually you know teaching your body to be open to God. And, yeah. to, and to not carry that weight on your shoulders and to stop clenching on to um, what God may not want you to have. Yeah. I love it. So journaling, palms down, palms up, um, like these are great Letting tools. Letting go, yeah. These are great tools. My big thing is I, I'm, I, I don't know that this is – the best way to tell people to do it, but I, I'm one of those people. I have people in my life. I put people in my life that I can go to, that I that yeah. I say things out loud to because they do help me walk through it. And that's the big thing that I always push with community. Find those people in your community group. Find those people maybe that aren't in your community group that you feel can help you in your walk a little bit better, that can be that open mind. Jordan is my go-to. That's why I always joke. That's why he has a couch in the office so that I can <laughs> lay down and spill my guts and get, get good guidance and counseling. But, I mean, we have Sparrow here. Like, if, if it turns into one of those that you just find yourself angry, not just in general with God, but just with the world, mm-hmm. talk about it. Open up about it. Stop hurting yourself. That's all we're doing when we're not opened up about these things. Um, but, yeah, well, it's yeah. good stuff, guys. I think it's important to just keep the right view of God. And that's and it can be difficult in these times, but I think a couple of illustrations I've heard and is, is – one is the surgeon, right? So to, to to get mad at God's providence, you know, um, is a lot like getting mad at the surgeon who cut you. Um, they cut you to heal, right? And so if you're just getting mad at them at the, the pain that that has caused, it's failing to see the the greater reason. Now, mm-hmm. if they slip and mess up, then you got to re- you got to reason a lawsuit there, right? But but God never slips and messes up, right? He is. He's good and right in that. But I think even more than that, not only is he a surgeon, but he's our father. So I heard, mm-hmm. I don't know who to credit this to, but I heard uh, a pastor talking about having to um, hold down one of his kids um, for a procedure. And and the kid just 
just freaking out. And I've had this with one of, with one of mine, that, you know, to, to get stitches in her eye, like over her eye where she gashed it, you know, and to hold her down while they stick a needle in her eye, knowing that she's terrified, knowing that, that she's just, and, and she's looking at me, right? And, why, and, and, and in that moment, I, why am I holding her down? Why am I letting that happen? And, and so I think God is both the surgeon that is cutting to heal and the father who is, who is holding us down. And it is not that he's indifferent to our pain, right? In that moment, I'm, t- I'm crying with my kid, mm. right? I'm weeping with her because I, I don't like this either. I don't want this either. Um, but I know it's best for her. I know, I know that, that, that the greater good, I know that the plan is to, is to heal her or, or whatever. And so I think both of those things are, are helpful. Not only is the, the surgeon who's, who's cutting not to harm but to heal, but he's also the father who... Even though he's having to hold us down in this moment, and he knows that we're blaming him and asking why, he still knows what's best, and and that can be difficult. But I think that's where the relational piece of of staying in there and community helps, right? Hebrews talks about you know gathering together and, and and encouraging one another regularly, so that we don't our hearts don't get hardened to the deceitfulness of sin, like. Mm. These are the places where that happens, right? When, yeah, when you yeah. begin to believe those lies, you begin to believe that. God doesn't want what's best for you. I mean, right? That's what that's what Satan threw at Adam and Eve in the garden, right? God's holding out on you. That's why he told you not to eat that fruit. He's holding out on you because he knows if you do. You know, and those are the sorts of lies, and so it's important to be in conversation. So I think prayer, journal, uh, and then listening to him. You know, if we were talking about relational conflict, you go to a counselor, they would say, have you talked to that person? Have you listened to their side of the story? No. Well, that's not productive, right? Engage. Right, exactly. And so I think it's important to put our thoughts down, but then also to open up the Word, right? To set before Him and, and let Him speak. Um, and He does that through the Word. He's going to do that through community, through talking to other people as well. And so I think those are those are helpful things, uh, hopefully. And these are not easy things. I don't want anybody to leave this conversation thinking that we're dismissing being angry at God because when, you're, when you've become angry at God, it is most often because something... Has happened. Something bad's happened, yeah. you know, and um, and so I, we don't want to be dismissive in that, but we want to be helpful and, and want to be pastoral, and, and we're here beyond the podcast, right? Like you, hopefully, if you're part of the Journey Church in particular, but if not, hopefully your church has the same sort of uh, availability. But we want to walk with you. So, and that's a key into that too. If you are part of our congregation, and that is something, grab one of us, talk to one of us. If it's somebody else in your life that maybe isn't part of the journey, be that person. Be that person for them. Bring your Bible before them. Explain this to them. Let relate them to them. Exactly. Don't just say, well, here's what you need to do, but relate. Relate I, I, to it. I, your story was powerful. I appreciate you sharing, Neil, because I, I know that people are going to be encouraged by that. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like, hey, that's another podcast from the books. <laughs> this is episode five, four. But we do want to keep saying, hey, a big shout out to the person that did share this with us. We love it. That means we know we have at least one listener out there in the world other than our our three selves that listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was the deal we make if we each listen 27 times a week and we'll have a decent following? So like we said at the beginning, hey, if you hear hear the podcast or enjoying it, let us know. But most of all, if there's something you guys want to hear us talk about, like reach out, tell us. We love getting engagement with our, you know, with our body. So yeah. and it can be follow up from previous, you know, if there's yeah. something we said on the previous one that you want us to elaborate or clear up or, or whatever to dive deeper, let us know. 
Alright, thanks guys for listening and for uh, uh, FermentedFaith.com is how you can reach us. And until next time, God bless and have a great day. Thanks.